Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zwei Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting experts straight talk in your ear. These podcasts deliver great interviews with industry leaders and Zweig Group's three decades of invaluable research, leadership, management, marketing, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop personally and professionally, wherever you are. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm so excited to be here today with some really cool guys from Harbor Compliance. I'm here with John Beck, who's the Director of Market Strategy for Harbor Compliance, and Christian Herring, who is the AEC Account Exec. And we are here today to talk about licensing and the importance of it. And really, uh, Harbor Compliance, we, we, we connected with them a couple of months back at our Hot Firm event in um, Dallas, Texas. And they, this is a really interesting company and one that is, is, is truly a utility when it comes to design firms and their need to stay up to date and current with, when it comes to compliance and licensing and all that. And so I thought it would be great to have these guys on the show to learn a little bit more about their organization, what they're doing and how they're keeping firms out of hot water, especially when it comes to licensing. And so, you know, John and Christian, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast today how are you how, how are you both doing doing great thank you thanks for having us we're excited this is cool excellent excellent randy thank you good 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 so so tell me a little bit we, we want to kind of hear the the origin story of harbor compliance and how how the company came about and tell us a little bit about the history of the organization i know that you were founded by a team of, of government licensing specialists and as you as you aptly put it on your website technology trailblazers that, that <laughs> you guys are, um, you provide compliance solutions for companies of all types, not just the design industry, um, but you deal with everyone, even a small firm, like even if I was starting an LLC, you could help me out. So it's 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 kind of nice that you guys are around and, and doing something like that. And, you know, it may be different than some of the other, um, I, I, um, some of the other programs out there, but uh, you guys have worked with over 10,000 firms since 2012. And um, there is a lot that, that goes into what you do on a regular basis. But why don't you just give us a, a, a better uh, synopsis of, of what Harbor Compliance is all about and, and your why at that organization? 
Yeah, well, Randy, that was that was a pretty good uh, that was that was a pretty good background that you did there. Um, so I appreciate that. We can I can add a little bit more color. Uh, you mentioned that we're an organization that's uh, started in 2012, founded by government licensing specialists and technology trailblazers. Some really brilliant people uh, started this organization. And to your point. We've serviced over 10,000 customers in our history. Um, as we started out, it was it was a firm that that created entities, um, and we've realized along the way that there are specific verticals that require more attention than than others. So that's what distinguishes us. We've got a big nonprofit practice if you're on our website, but we've also in the past 18 months identified that the uh, architecture and engineering space in particular, there's a big need, there's a big gap in terms of maintaining entity compliance and license compliance. And when I say license compliance, I'm talking about at the firm level and at the individual level. And the reason it's important is because it has profound consequences if it's not uh, handled properly. And at the end of the day, as an engineering firm, your objective is really to generate revenue, work on your utilization rate, design, um, the, the nitty-gritty legal work and, and sort of nuances that go into keeping your company compliant is not something that necessarily you're going to have that sort of institutional knowledge internally. So that's, that's where we come in. Um, so we've been around for six years. Um, as you mentioned, lots of customers that we've helped. Uh, we just this past year, we're proud to announce we were part of the Inc. 500. We were number 370. Congrats. Moved just recently. Yeah, pretty cool. Moved just recently into a new 25,000 square foot headquarters. Mm-hmm. So we're just we're growing like crazy, and it's um, and and I, I attribute it to the quality of service that we provide and the specialization. The fact that we really focus on particular particular verticals and support them as best we can. So as it relates to AE, we take people, we take professionals like Christian and we have attorneys and CPAs on staff who are really focused on this space and understand from top to bottom what state license requirements are and and what goes into it. And, um, and we provide that value. That value is then transcend transcends along to, to our customers. Um, philosophically, I would say that we, we kind of align with Zweig and with the engineering space in general, in terms of when we look at licensure, we look at it as it's really about public protection uh, was a recent article in Forbes magazine earlier this year, 54,000 approximately bridges that are structurally deficient around the country. Um, it's about protecting the public. Uh, you you got to have people who are qualified to do that work, to do that design work. Uh, not That's not work that I can do. I, I speak for Christian. I don't think he could do it either. Um, <laughs> maybe he could. I don't know. But, not at um, all. Yeah, so it's about public safety, but it's also about advancing the profession and providing that that um, uh, distinction for the profession. So licensure does that, and that's that's what we do. But it's also um, an opportunity. It's an opportunity to generate revenue. It's a license to earn money. The more 
licenses that you have, the more coverage that you have, the more you're able to bid on jobs, the more you're able to win jobs. Um, and, and, and it just becomes an opportunity to achieve more. Uh, so my background personally, I've been in, I came on board with Harbor compliance in this past year. I've got about 15 years of, um, broad and extensive experience in corporate legal and the compliance space. Um, and I, here I actively participate in partnership, marketing, business development, thought leadership initiatives. And Randy, as you mentioned, we met at, at in Dallas this past fall, and it was a pleasure to to meet you guys. And we've we've determined that the AE space in particular is one that we're going to focus increased efforts on going forward. Uh, so we're we're really excited to be here. Yeah, no, that's 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 awesome. I, I appreciate um, you sharing that now. And I noticed that, you know, if you look on if you go to Harbor Compliance and, and their their website, for those that are listening um, for our listening audience, their, their website is at harborcompliance.com. It's just like it sounds like a, a boat in a harbor, H-A-R-B-O-R compliance, C-O-M-P-L-I-N. P-L-I-A-N-C-E.com. You can check out their website when you get a chance, folks, and, and kind of get a closer look at what John and Christian are, are talking about. Uh, but, but John, I noticed on the website, you you have basically, you have registered agent service in every state uh, of, of the country. Um, your main offices are based down in uh, Florida. Is that correct? Um, our main office, our headquarters is actually in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, it's right? in Lancaster. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But you. of course we've got, we've got locations nationwide. So nationwide. we, right. we serve as firms that are all across the country. Yeah. So, so kind of sim- similar to what firms like, like legal zoom and, and maybe some rocket lawyer and some others do. I mean, you guys can be a registered agent. Um, you guys can help out with, um, formation of LLCs as well as incorporation, uh, you can help out with all of those um, corporate materials that are required for any entity that's operating that way. I mean, you pretty pretty much do it all soup to nuts. Yeah, I would say um, yes, that's correct. I would say we we in the end we sort of um, we compete in a different space than you know the the companies that that you, that you mentioned. We help. AE firms, we support accounting firms, law firms. Um, we help them in terms of accounting firms and law firms. We're doing the filing work. We're, we're assisting them with with various legal filings and 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 uh, retrievals that need to happen. And with the AE firms, we are serving as, in many cases, their offsite sort of uh, excuse me licensing department. So um, we have several big E&R firms who outsource licensing to us. They say, hey, we've got this portfolio of licenses, and Christian can can add more color to this than, than I, but we've got this portfolio of licenses, firm licenses, individual licenses. Uh, we want to focus on what we do well. We need you, Harbor Compliance, to manage this portfolio of licenses. So we've got uh, software, that enables us to manage the renewals, keep the workflow going, and we stay on top of it and we keep the licenses in place. And then <clears throat> the entity angle, you mentioned Randy registered agent and entity formation, that plays into it too because entity compliance being registered, your entity being registered with the Secretary of State has profound effects on your uh, license compliance. So the, the the two things go together really really quite well. Uh, so for that reason, we help 
companies with their entity compliance as well, serving as registered agent, forming new entities, um, connecting the dots on creating new entities. New York is a great example. We just recently um, wrote a paper about this. There are in, in New York in particular, PC, the professional corporation is a very, obviously a very common entity type that is uh, that that that's registered in that state in order to perform engineering tasks or or architecture tasks, and approximately eighty to eighty five percent of those entity filings, those initial entity filings, get rejected. And Randy, I bet you can't guess why they get rejected. Can you? Yeah, not to put you on the probably spot. Probably for for errors in in, uh, in in errors of information on the forms that are filled in and sent in. I would assume. You are correct. Yes. And specifically, specifically, when you talk about the, the, the entity name and then the P dot C dot, people put spaces in there. They, they, they put the dots in the wrong place. So at the end of the day, 80 to 85% of these initial filings get done improperly. They get rejected. And then what happens? You're set back 120 days. Wait, are, um, you, are you telling me that the state of New York is a stickler for detail? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, it is. That's just one example. We could give you we could give you fifty examples of yeah. of you know how that how that all happens. But um, New York in particular is is a stickler for details, and that's really at the end of the day kind of a um, uh, it's it's just minutia, right? I mean, it's it's something that as an engineer, as a professional, or as a legal professional or a CFO within an engineering firm you're not going to have that sort of detail in between your ears that, that that's best left to left to the pros. So that's, that's what we do. Um, and I then could add a little color to that as well. Sorry to, sorry oh, to cut you off there, John. I think it's important oh, to, to note that, um, you know, really the genesis of our service and the focus in the AE space specifically was just part and parcel of, you know, those core services, Randy, that you had alluded to earlier, the registered agent, the corporate formations, um, ongoing compliance with your business entity by way of the annual report filings, and and really working with uh, design firms, certainly in a regulated space, the need presented itself as these firms are looking to expand or, or certainly just remain compliant in their core geography, the complexities and the challenges, and, and um, why the Many firms have historically had no other option, as John has alluded to. Just bang your head against that wall, work with a state like New York, and learn the hard way through a series of rejections that not only cost you time, but it's just a headache, um, certainly an opportunity cost to the organization as well. And, and historically, firms have had no other option. And hence, we found this niche. Uh, we, we play extremely, extremely um, well with these client firms as they expand in terms of giving them just crystal clear information that they need. So there's no guesswork. And then we have our, our experienced staff of legal professionals that execute on these filings, do all the heavy lifting to draft and prepare and get it right the first time. And, and a real life example that I could give you of this is a, is a firm that is looking to expand a mid Atlantic firm that has been looking to expand into New York. And historically before they had the awareness that, an outfit like Harbor Compliance existed. They've been trying to do this on their own. A series of rejections. Their last filing that they submitted is still in there, but from end to end, and they are still waiting for approval to practice in New York, we're talking a year and a half. And to put that in perspective, the way that we specialize in this space, we on average see that approval end to end in about 16 to 18 weeks. So when we talk about the value additions that we can provide to AE firms, it's agility and allowing them to recognize and realize these business opportunities. 
we specialize in this, they could certainly figure it out, but at what cost to your firm? So again, we can provide what, what they need very crystal clear, get them in with maximum efficiency and let them recognize whatever it is that expansion opportunity provided. So there's a competitive edge, certainly, and agility that's afforded to client firms that engage with our services. Yeah. That, I mean, those are, and it, yeah, you know, those are those are great points. And I want to I want to add one wrinkle to that, which is when you're forming entities, the ownership requirements. Right. So in some states, it's, it's two thirds and some onerous. states, you know, it can be quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's something that's uh, again, we've we've got that institutional knowledge. We've got a We've got the data built out. We've got the tables built out. We've got the attorneys and the CPAs on staff who just know this stuff. Um, Christian knows this stuff. Um, so, so that's the value that we provide. And then you've got all sorts of different options. You know, is it, is it PC? Uh, DPC is one that that comes up quite often. Design professional uh, corporation that comes up quite often that we help customers with, and that that can help you get around the ownership requirement because you're you're you can uh, apply multiple disciplines to the one entity and sort of blend them all together. Um, but these are, these are all things that are real problems that need to be overcome and they need to be overcome at the very beginning, ideally. So, uh, so that's, that's how we help out. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. And I, and you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's the idea here. It's the same reason why people hire engineering and architecture firms to help them, through the process. Uh, otherwise, they could probably try to design stuff on their own, but wouldn't end up with the result that they're looking for. You know, an a, a, a AE firm can come to Harbor Compliance to just to take away the angst that um, is that they you would have to deal with filing all of that paperwork with so many different entities and just making sure that everything was done right. As you said, dotting your I's, crossing your T's. You basically take all of that away from uh, a professional services firm and allow them to focus on what they do best. Absolutely, exactly. Randy. Well put. And 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 better yet, just as our commitment and focus in the AE space um, as that exists, we just like to put out a lot of helpful and educational content. So certainly participating in your podcast is is just an excellent way to. Um, create the awareness for firms and how we can help them. But more importantly, there's a vast amount of information that is specific to the AE space that can be found and is publicly available at no cost on our website through our information center. And design firms can access certainly the disciplines that they're offering or practicing or considering uh, offering and practicing. And, and frankly, there is a roadmap and giving them a high level overview in terms of what it looks like if you are looking to expand in these states and essentially that blueprint that one could follow if they wanted to do that on their own. So we want to support the industry in that regard. And then, hey, if there are challenges that the firm is facing, whether it's just collectively as it relates to all of the licensing or a strategic expansion opportunity, or frankly, just down to one single filing or project, then we are here to certainly provide any support possible. But at a minimum, just want to provide good, helpful information to the industry. Yeah. And and that that so it also applies to we're, we're kind of looking at it through the lens of supporting an AE firm, but it also applies to supporting accounting firms, consulting firms, law firms in the context of uh, helping their clients out. So you've got an acquisition that occurs and now you've got a handful of license amendments that need to occur. 
You need to you need to amend the licenses of the individuals so that they align with the the new entity or or um, they need to be qualified in additional states, the entity. Um, and a law firm might or, or an accounting firm might come to us and say, hey, can you handle this? We've determined this is what's needed. Can you handle this nitty gritty kind of dirty filing work? Not dirty. It's not dirty. It's beautiful. Uh, but can you handle that? Can you handle this filing work for us? And then we we uh, support them in that sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, as I'm listening to you just describe that, honestly, it's it's almost like people need to have you on speed dial if they're even considering moving through an M&A transaction because the outcome is going to create either a new entity or a new host of, of licenses and, and other compliance issues that are going to creep up because of that, the, emer the merger or acquisition of another organization. You, you hit the nail on the head there, Randy. Uh, we deal with those, uh, you know, the, the outcome of such a transaction all the time. And invariably, that's a very specific type of um, outcome, if you will, in terms of what that ripple effect is as you tuck in that new organization. But invariably, you know, now we're talking about new responsible engineers, you know, new responsible architects, the qualifiers on these these corporate licenses. And that can have a tremendous impact in terms of additional administration to update and then, of course, make any appropriate amendments across very specific geographies or, again, potentially nationwide. And so that is definitely a, a key component that follows the back end of that transaction. Yeah. So and just for clarity's sake, if I'm an owner that's that's looking to move into an acquisition or I'm merging with another firm, at what point in time does it logically make sense for me to get in touch with you to say, hey, I need some help? I would I would in general say, Randy, as early as possible, just because no two situations are alike. However, with our experience in the space, much of this comes following the transaction okay. um, because, of course, until that transaction is complete, nothing can be filed. Um, so having as much line of sight as we can on the front end only helps us to um, just drive the project appropriately for the client firm's needs. But generally, we don't step in and actually start doing any administrative uh, support until after the transaction has been closed. Okay. So it could occur, you know, whenever whenever they close that or certainly if we're on their radar and this is certainly something that they would require support on as early as that becomes um, part of their strategic planning, we can step in and just provide guidance. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I think that the the, the pre-merger acquisition stuff is is more frankly, Randy, kind of in, in your firm's bailiwick in terms of guiding through that process, the um, the resulting um, outcome of that, the the entity work that needs to needs to happen, the the tying together, the cleanup, so to speak, is is where we are, where we're best utilized in that in that particular situation. OK. All right. Well, perfect. Well, there you have it, folks. I mean, there's just some a, a little bit of guidance here provided by. John and Christian with regard to what to do if you're in that, if you happen to find yourself in that position. But of course, if you're just a firm that's trying to just keep your head above water and uh, make sure that that you you don't run afoul of your, your state uh, organization when it comes to licensing, Harbor Compliance can help you out. And, and it sounds like you guys do and know exactly how to make life easier for design firms, especially in the area of of licensing and compliance issues. Yeah, we do. I I, I would say so. Um, and you know, one of the one of the areas where we really provide a lot of value is just putting processes in place, management processes in place to uh, provide oversight, uh, visibility, and management of both firm and individual licenses. 
going forward, just having the visibility, putting it in front of you, seeing it in our software, um, our, our representatives having that information at their fingertips, it's kind of, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant, right? It, yeah. it allows <laughs> it allows for you to stay on top of it and avoid pitfalls. Because as Christian, I'm sure I can tell you, the most common um, uh, reason for why firms fall out of or, or lose their standing, so to speak, um, is what, Christian? Well, Not to put you great, on spot. great segue. No, no. This, uh, if, quite frankly, we see as the number one leading cause of unintended unlicensed practice is because of the association or, or lack thereof between your responsible engineer that qualifies that corporate license and the corporate license itself. Mm-hmm. And without a purpose-built management system that just shines light on all these moving parts in terms of renewal dates and, and filing events, it is very simple for, for a firm to lose sight of any one of these key dates and potentially have a license lapse. And if it's that qualifier license lapse, now you've just put your company firm license at risk or your certificate of authorization is commonly referred to, and that could jeopardize any number of strategic business initiatives. These are the the foundation of essentially revenue generation of a design firm, and they are to be treated as crown jewels. And so that is it is paramount that you have. And again, it, this is just best practice for the industry. Yeah, may or may not ever choose to engage with Harbor Compliance, and that's fine. But one thing that we could impart upon anybody that's listening to this podcast is make sure that you have a system in place, whether that's even an Excel sheet. Um, make sure that you have a closed loop of people so you're not you know, ruining the integrity of the data and have some systems and some redundancy built in so that you have alerts and that you can track and update this information appropriately. And, and if that's less than desirable for certain firms, then we have that purpose-built software where we can do that with a single pane of glass view, regardless of size. You know, We could be talking about some of the large industry-leading firms, 12 different entities that are registered nationwide. We can take care of all that provide total clarity through our through our software and and eliminate any any fragmentation across the entire organization. Yeah. So that is a lot of value that we will drive in that regard. And and much of the conversation up until this point today, we've been really talking about some of the challenges with expansion, but invariably there there will be that point in time where a firm has just reached a saturation in terms of growth for whatever the reason. And now you're you're in a management mode, and that's just as critical as expansion. So where Harbor Compliance can help is is anywhere along that spectrum. If it's if it's expansion, or if it's just ongoing management, and and just taking care of that compliance, and 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 shining light on any potential blind spots. And there's a lot of value um, in terms of the management because state regulations are ever changing. Could be as simple as renewal windows changing where they might have been a fixed period. Now they're on a rolling basis. If you're as an individual, your last name's A through H. You know, it's it's this quarter on even years and this this quarter on odd years. It can be all over the place. And without that system, without folks that truly specialize in, in terms of tracking and monitoring and the automation, you could see where that's that's certainly challenging for multi-state firms. Yeah. And then so then if you've got one qualifier, one qualified individual whose individual license is tied to the firm license within your organization and for one reason or another, and, and as Christian said, that's the most likely cause for unlicensed practices, those, those licenses lap, lapse. And then all of a sudden you've got you, you, the firm's reputation, you've got discipline, penalties, uh, you've got the inability to bid. Uh, loss of staff time, the opportunity cost of that, and then the fact that you have to disclose um, th- this particular discipline on future applications in other states. So it's just um, 
it's 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 one of those things that 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 it's it's really you got to keep an eye on it. John, that was a, a great point you brought up about the the discipline, and I'd like to um, just speak a little bit more specifically on that and bring in the whole component of reciprocity or comity. And if you know, we're certainly talking about let's say an individual PE, you know, through any any reciprocity, we're going to leverage their NCES record and hopefully eliminate many of the uh, you know the exam or. Uh, you know, inbound requirements to get that license filing approved. Um, generally, in that line of sight or or in that vein of conversation, the reciprocity is treated as something that's very favorable. It's making your life easier and it's getting you that license quicker. However, when we go down this path of potential issues and discipline, reciprocity also exists. And this is where we don't like to see it, unfortunately, but we do see it more and more with some of these state licensing boards. If you do, and of course, as you have to report discipline, if you've had that, well, they do certainly have the privilege or the opportunity, if they do have reciprocity with any other states, to impose reciprocal discipline. So we have actually seen this trend where, you know, if we uh, imagine a dog wagging its tail with that first level of discipline in whatever state that the, um, the, the issue occurred, you know, there is that, that tail whipping effect. And you don't quite know when it's finished as you go through and report this to different states. That could be a really, very real concern going forward. So it is critically important that you just look at this and, and look at licensure, not so much as an administrative headache, but as um, revenue generation and really creating good business opportunities, also as risk mitigation. And th that's certainly where we can shine light on any challenges that firms are having. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that, I mean, you guys have summed it up nicely here. I, I do want to geek, geek out for one second before we close. You guys built your own technology, so you're not using an off-the-shelf um, product. You you created a product that is um, is is was was built specifically for Harbor Compliance. Can you just speak a little bit to this and and why this this particular software and technology makes uh, you know your customers' lives easier? Absolutely, Randy. Um, the simple fact of this is, I will use the the term. It was purpose built, truly purpose built to answer and speak to the challenges that firms are facing. Truly no dedicated compliance system out there in the AE space that is purpose-built for licensing. Um, there are systems that are highly prevalent out there, ERPs and financial systems without naming names that a large percentage of these firms are using. And in some capacity, this data can be shoehorned in there. It's just not optimal and or efficient in some cases. And, and so that be, having said that, to have a web-based software application that is purpose-built to then house anything that is important to that firm as it relates to their business entity registrations and every bit of professional licensure, whether it be for the firm, your qualifiers, or every last individual professional license holder, a single pane of glass, a single source of truth, where if this is a, a nationwide firm, anybody anywhere can log in and uh, cuts across the whole entire firm itself maybe the marketing team, many firms that I deal with, it is paramount that their marketing team has total clarity on where you are currently registered to offer and practice your services. If they put out one piece of marketing information that is not razor sharp accurate with regard to the current corporate footprint, that could create problems. That could create discipline perhaps. So there are many different business use cases, but at a minimum, you know, to provide everything that's core to where this lives within a firm. Most cases, this is under uh, finance, counsel, ops, perhaps variable, certainly by the way firms choose to administrate. But it ends up creating this utopian state, if you will, where now anybody, high level leadership, 
project managers, as I alluded to, marketing, in some cases HR, now have all this visibility. And you could talk about many different efficiency gains and ways to protect these licenses, these crown jewels. Um, an example could be with HR. Now you have a process by which you can illuminate this for HR onboarding a new hire. We can validate and verify their licensing and make sure everything's good to go. Or on exit, now they have visibility. Oh, this is John Smith and he's our responsible engineer in a dozen states. Do we have a replacement? Things that would generally be lost in the shuffle and not thought of are, are all there for all parties to see. Yeah. Wow. Listen, that 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 is um, I, I'm certainly glad that you guys are doing that because that that is so far over my head, as I know it's probably over the heads of most firm owners in the design industry space. I mean, you know, it just you just you're just making life a lot easier for people. That's for sure. So um, I, I appreciate you elaborating on the benefits of your technology and why uh, it is uniquely um, set up to help um, people in this space especially with the licensing and compliance issues that they face on a regular basis. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We appreciate the opportunity to just share that with you and your audience today, Randy. Sure. So, so with that said, are there any final words that you just would like to leave with our audience of, 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 of engineers and architects and construction management folks? And, and just what should, what, what would you like to leave them with um, before you we close out? I would I could say if we were to summarize, I would say that it's 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 just important to, as Christian mentioned earlier, just have a process in place, have a plan in place for when these uh, situations arise, um, whether it's with the help of a firm like Harbor Compliance or otherwise just internal um, have processes in place, have HR looped in to the onboarding and offboarding process, you know, make sure the licensure is part of that. Um, have a system in place where you've got visibility across the organization. It's more important now than ever because <clears throat> even licensing boards aside, information is more readily available now than it's ever been. So anyone can go up on a, on a state licensing board and look up your, your licensing status. So keep it clean, you know, wear it as a badge of honor and look at it as an opportunity to earn and, and focus on your core competencies, which are um, designing, engineering, and, and, uh, and creating value and, and fixing those 54,000 bridges, you know, the stuff oh, yeah. that, that <laughs> really qualified, talented people can, that, that engineers and architects are, that's the stuff that they, they, they should be doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I certainly echo everything John just said and would just take uh, take it a little bit more granular and just say best practice for any firms that are, are certainly doing this on their own. Um, I will always strongly recommend make sure that you are when you're looking to expand the firm, uh, make sure that you have a very crystal clear view of your application and associated forms for the secretary of state component and your board license application Put them side by side. Make sure you read through that A to Z a number of times and understand the order of operations. Uh, state boards and the Secretary of State have been changing things aggressively over the last 12 months in terms of requirements, how you go about it. And when you think you know what applies to, say, 80% of the states and you, you, you pursue a new state that way, you will learn quickly it may not apply there. You could have a rejection. So before you file anything, just understand the requirements from both sets of applications. And if you have any questions, of course, you can contact the state agencies, or of course, we'd be happy just to share with you our line of sight and knowledge base. And if that can help you 
uh, or anyone in the industry, of course, that's all we want to do is just be a good consultative resource. So before anything is filed, understand the requirements from both state agencies, and that should illuminate things in terms of the best and most efficient path forward. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, you guys summed it up nicely. I mean, Christian, John, I really appreciate this. Uh, if people want more information, in addition to visiting harborcompliance.com, um, what's the best way for them to reach you, John, and, and reach you, Christian? Yeah, I can be I can be reached via via email, jbeck at harborcompliance.com. If you want to just reach out and connect and brainstorm, chat, whatever you want to talk about, uh, talk about the weather, the holidays, whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm available. I'm also at 717-431-9134. You can look me up online, LinkedIn, a uh, number of ways to get in touch with me. Okay. How about you, Christian? Uh, likewise, as well, on the bulk of those, uh, my email, of course, is C like Christian Herring. It's H-A-R-I-N-G at harborcompliance.com. And if that's too challenging, we have a generic info at harborcompliance.com. Feel free just to shoot a note out there. And if you'd like to talk to John or myself, just drop that into the subject line or the body of the message and it'll get routed appropriately. I could also share my direct line, which is area code 717-298-8128. And again, just uh, at a minimum, want to just provide good, helpful information to any firm that has any challenges at all. Wow. Well, there you have it. Folks, there's nothing like staying on top of, of the law and on top of your licensing and compliance requirements at your design firm. And Harbor Compliance can certainly help you with that. I really appreciate, John and Christian, you guys coming on today. Thank you so much for joining us on the Zweig Letter Podcast. We appreciate you both. Yeah, Randy, you're, you're the man. This has been great. This is awesome. We appreciate the platform and uh, we're looking forward to supporting this space further in 2019 and, and seeing you at Hot Firm next fall. Oh, absolutely. 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 Yeah. Thank you very much, Randy. And, and thanks to the Zwei Group, of course. Oh, no problem. No problem. Well, folks, thank you for listening in to another episode of the Zwei Letter Podcast. We certainly endeavor to bring you the best information that we can in this this episode here is is certainly worth the price of admission uh, of course you know our podcasts are free so i'm joking but the bottom line <laughs> is the bottom line is there, this is good stuff and, and i hope you were able to take something away from this and if you're struggling in the areas of compliance and or licensing uh, reach out to these guys give them a call they're here to help you and and i'm sure they could probably solve some of the problems that potentially might be facing your organization. Listen, I have, I have a couple of other gifts I want to give away to you on this show today, in addition to this great information you just received from these two fine gentlemen. Um, the Zweig Letter podcast has run now consistently for a couple of years, and one of the things that we like to give away is a copy of the Zweig Letter. Uh, not just a copy, but a subscription to the Zweig Letter electronically, which in 2019, we're going electronic 100%. So you can easily just visit ZweigGroup.com click on the Zweig letter icon and that will take you right to a space where all we'll ask you for is your first name and your email address and we will set you up for receiving the Zweig letter newsletter which has run continuously since 1992 it's one of the longest running newsletters in the design industry space a lot of great information uh Mark Zweig writes the masthead article each week. And there's so much good information from all of the uh, seasoned veterans here at Zwei Group, as well as the many individuals that we bring in from around the industry to share their thoughts and insights. So really want to give that to you. The other free gift that we have is uh, a free subscription to Civil 
plus Structural Engineer Magazine. And you can just go to zweigroup.com as well. Click on the Civil Plus Structural Magazine icon and sign up right there to receive that magazine in your email inbox on a monthly basis. So those are two gifts that we have for you. Um, you are listening audience. We really want to make sure that you have all the information that you need to, to be more informed, to run your uh, organizations, to run your operations more efficiently, and to just do great work in the design industry space. As I always say, whenever I go across the country, you know, engineers, architects, environmental consultants, planners, construction management, you guys do all of the main work in this built environment. We wouldn't be where we are as a society without you guys. So I just want to say thank you again for everything that you do. And that's the reason why we even put these podcasts on, because we just want to continue to affirm what you're doing and to provide you with information that can help you to continue to grow both on a personal as well as on a professional level. So thanks again for listening to this episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Remember, we our focus here at Zweig Group is to elevate the industry um, one instance at a time, one podcast at a time, one Zweig Letter at a time and one great interview at a time. So we really appreciate this, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week on a new episode of this Wide Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I will see you later. Thanks for tuning in to this Zweig Letter Podcast episode. If you want more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about M&A, strategic planning, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe now to the digital version of the Zweig Letter free of charge. Just visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe and leave your email address. Your free subscription will begin immediately.